Who so, won last week? I was going to say me, because I did, but then Ross is going to go, mm, gloating again. No, I did. Oh. Why would I gloat about losing? No, <laughs> as in gloat about me winning and getting a full house. Oh, the thing that you said you wouldn't mention again. I mentioned it once, but I'm not gloating about it. I'm just stating fact as fact. I am recording. That could be a good cold open. Oh, look. <laughs> what, me not gloating? Yeah, the first 10 seconds he's mentioned it. Oh, you know, you're going to edit it. So the first thing I say is, i got full house, and then that'll be the intro. I Absolutely not. Until I've just given you the idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Shit. We should never ask. Yeah, I just should stop talking now. Right, let's do this. gentlemen welcome to episode 47 of the finger guns podcast my name is roscoe back once again with a better microphone i'm feeling a lot better this week hey thanks for asking it's really nice of you i'm here with mr paul collett hello hello why did that take so long i don't know i was going to try and think of something funny but my mind just went completely blank of everything <laughs> so uh yeah i just done a hello all right hello how you doing buddy oh mate living the dream my back yeah. is awesome how are you yeah, I'm good. I'm coronavirus free and uh, and stuff, so it's all good. Like 29.9936 million of the population. I think you're okay. Yeah, it's all a big faff over nothing, isn't it, really? I think we still should be concerned about it, but uh, I don't think it's a big faff over nothing. <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. Not no, like uh... Jurgen Klopp, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shut up. And of course, Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. Hello, mate. Uh, now, being a doctor, what can you tell us about coronavirus? For one, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no. Two, I work in orthopedic theatres, so I can tell you that it doesn't break bones. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Something positive. And as far as I'm aware, it hasn't hit down in the southwest yet. Oh, good. There's a shame. There's a few people in Taunton that I could wipe out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's very selective, though. I don't think it's a something you can set loose on Damn a specific it. amount of people. <laughs> that is disappointing. According to Trump, it's all just going to blow over anyway. Didn't he just buy Twitter? Some of his party, I think, or someone in his party has just bought um, a massive share of Twitter. Yes. So well, they're going to look to try and outbuy, uh, what's his face, Jack. Republican yes, mega donor buys stake in Twitter and plans to out Jack Dorsey. Well, that is yeah. shocking. In the year of an election, who'd have thought it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> makes perfect sense. Hmm. How are you, Greg, anyway? Oh, I've had an absolute roller coaster of a week. Oh, do tell. No, not really. I'm boring as fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. no, st- standard week for me, really. Smashing. What a fun way to start the podcast. <laughs> Same old shit, mate. Same old shit. Uh, I would introduce you to Mr. Sean Davies, a man who has been present on every podcast so far this year. But this one, he's not here. Sadly, his throat has given out, which is not surprising. Ow. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Nothing. My back is just fall off the bed. I may have just uh, slid off my chair. I'm okay. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to um? Do you want to start that bit again, Wendy? Have you ever seen Family Guy where they're all sitting in the, uh, the like the booth in the pub and everyone starts crying? So yeah. Craig oh walks, yeah. Joe starts crying and he just and rolls away. That's exactly yeah. what I imagined, Justin. <laughs> oh, that was really good for my back. That was good. Oh dear. Slim. Anyway. <clears throat> Where was I? You were talking about Sean not being dead. He's just got a sore throat, which is an integral part of a podcast. Uh, yes. If he can't talk, then he has yeah. a uh, he has a hall pass to escape. 
Oh, we could have set him up a Captain Pike thing from Star Trek where he just beeps his answers. <laughs> or we could have just had him running his entire thing through um, like Google Translate. <laughs> or Alexa. Or Alexa, yeah. Hello, I am good, thanks. How are you guys? <laughs> oh, God, that would really uh, enhance the runtime, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it would. Wow. I have been playing lots this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that we're so caring that every time someone isn't on a podcast, we just mock them for it. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Sean. We do it because we care. Yeah. Get well soon, friend. <laughs> All right, let's move into what we've been playing. So, this may not take long. Mr. Paul Collett, what have you been playing? <laughs> well, this is absolutely going to take no time at all because uh, I still have repetitive strain in my trigger finger. So, therefore, picking up a joypad is kind of kind of painful. But I have had a, uh injection right in the knuckle, uh, which absolutely killed. And hopefully that's going to do the job. So, uh, I could say I've been playing Super Mario Run or Sonic Dash. But that's about it, really. So, yeah, can't share anything fun. Smashing. Yeah. So, you've been enjoying the mobile games um yeah i've been sort of diving in and out because you know my other hand which is quite good this sounds absolutely weird doesn't it so oh, I'm gonna stop talking about them. i shouldn't have asked anything then should i uh absolutely not yeah no how terribly awkward let's move on mr greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week bit of a smorgasbord of games for me this week i've been dabbling in um playstation and xbox i've recently started getting into uh play tale oh yeah awesome yeah that? You, you reviewed the, the one with all the rats oh yes. uh, yeah yeah, you reviewed it quite highly, didn't you, Russ? Oh, it's wonderful, yeah. It's a yeah. massively underrated game that everyone should play. I'm enjoying it, but what I don't like is the same problem that every kind of thing like this happens is kids' voices. Kids can't act. They're not trained in you know, being able to enunciate properly and express and all that. So Hugo's voice just annoys me already. And I'm only on like, I've just done chapter one. And I'm like, oh, God, I've got to keep this kid alive. Oh, fuck. It's just like, I mean, you've played it, but for anyone who hasn't, it's just that where's mummy gone why isn't mummy here they're like oh for fuck's sake i know you're panicking i know you're obviously reading the scripts that you've been given but christ how much more of this i got how many chapters are in there ross did you finish it i did finish it twice actually oh wow yeah how many how many chapters are there uh you'll find out oh don't really spoil <laughs> it for me uh right. so yeah I've, I've started playing that i've I carried on with um, The Wolf Among Us. Nice. I've, Lovely. I didn't realise I wasn't very far in that, so I've just finished episode two the other night, which is good. I need to carry on with that. Still been playing a bit more Hunt Showdown. Uh, my, I'm still, I need to sort of chip into my review on that, so I need to give that a bit more of an extensive uh, extensive go. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a bit ropey, but I'm enjoying it, as I said the other week. And <laughs> I downloaded Kingdom Hearts 3 earlier on, or the other day. Ah, um, it's, on, it's on Game Pass now, right? It's on Game Pass. And hooray yeah. for Game Pass, because I'm glad I didn't buy that game. Now, I have played the first two console Kingdom Hearts when they first came out, so 1 and 2 on the PS2. I really enjoyed them, but I think it's the same as like The Matrix and Back to the Future. They obviously did well, well or better than they thought they would do, so they obviously went, shit, we need to write sequels out of these. And Kingdom Hearts is just so fucking massively weird and the storyline just makes no sense i haven't played any of the spin-offs like birth by sleep and 358 by two days and whatever the other ones are and chain of memories and all that bollocks so even the recap at the start of it and the intro and i'm like i don't remember any of that i vaguely remember who he is no idea no 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 idea no no next don't get it and i played about an hour and went no i'm not doing this 
I'm, I'm not just going to sit here with a wiki trying to catch up on what I've missed. And yeah, I've deleted it. So yeah, hurry for Game Pass. Blimey. Yeah, I wanted to enjoy it. I mean, I know it had a prolonged development and I was willing to give it the benefit of doubt. I didn't jump on the hype train as soon as it came out. I, you, you got it unreleased, didn't you? Uh, yes, Sean was super excited. So. Oh, yeah, because you share games, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it looked fun. Me as a Disney fan, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's, yeah still, of course. it's all there in front of me. It's as close as I'm ever going to get to a full-on Disney kind of RPG. Yeah, and I wanted to enjoy it, and I just went, no, I, I, I've lost patience for this franchise. So, yeah, I kind of gave up on that, really. Uh, what else have I been playing? Just to wrap it up. Bioshock Infinite. Been really getting back into that. And just more of the Division, really, which we really should jump on some more. Oh, yeah, did you play it last night? Yeah, I was on until about, I don't know, God midnight. I just cracked on and did a few missions, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, I played three hours of it. <laughs> It is. I mean, it's by the members division, isn't it? So yeah, you just yeah, it's just incremental loot and shooting the same guys over again, and yeah, just really sort of cracked a few hours of it. So yeah, and today I've not really been doing much because I went back out on my bike, which was a fucking struggle. <laughs> I haven't on, I haven't gone on a proper bike ride in months, and yeah, it was wet and windy, so I got jelly legs today. Yeah, I should have asked. Uh, Greg, what have you been riding today? My bike. Nice. <laughs> she sounds lovely. Oh, thank. Oh. oh. Oh dear. You ruined it, didn't you? I uh, ruined it. Now, what have I been playing? I have been playing Two Point Hospital this week, uh, which has just been released for Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. And I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It is, without question, Theme Hospital in all but name. It's been developed by some of the same guys. It's got that same sentimentality. You start a hospital, there's some ridiculous, funny illnesses, and you just have to keep a hospital going. That's pretty much as straightforward as it gets, but it's. Yeah, it's got a nice little learning curve. The first couple of hospitals, I completely owned. Nailed it. Three stars, all of them. Fantastic. Then I got to the third hospital, and I lost my mind, and I just couldn't breathe in some areas. It got very, very difficult very quickly, <laughs> and suddenly I was panicking a tad. Uh, you can read my full review next week. Uh, we were very, very kindly given a code from Sega for this game, so thank you very much indeed. And So I'll uh, get that up this week once I've played it a little more. Yeah, it's really fun. It's the, the ports from PC to console. Is probably the best one I've seen so far. It's one of those games. I mean, it, it's a strategy game at its heart, so yeah. it shouldn't work on consoles and with controller. But this one really—they've mapped the buttons brilliantly, and it feels quite natural now on a uh, on a console. It looks great on the older big old TV. So yeah, it's it feels... sort of like quite interested by the controls. Does it have like a mouse point that you, you control with the analog stick, or is it a completely different kind of? Uh, you know? Yeah, it's just a it's just a, a little thing that you move around with the analog stick. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it moves smoothly enough. A lot of uh, commands are mapped to buttons, so they're quite immediate. So you can just press certain things if you want to do certain things immediately, rather than tearing through menus. That's good. So I'm, I'm interested in the way like console games can adapt like PC stuff. And it's also like uh, for my my interest anyway. It's like a uh, <clears throat> like a, a UI thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I'm quite interested in UI because it's my job kind of thing. So um, yeah, interesting. I'm glad it worked. Yeah, me too, because it, it could have been terrible. There are some that are just not good. And uh, this one, they've yeah, they've managed to really make it work and feel like a console game, which is, I think, quite a feat in itself. Oh, nice. Really, considering uh, it is definitely designed for PCs and mouse and keyboard. Yeah, It feels quite football manager in certain places. It's just, okay. all, it's just all stats and just all numbers and words. Ugh. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're easily removed, so it's not so bad. Faboosh! Yeah. X is select, circle is back. Square is pickup. You know what more do you need? You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> good point. Yeah, it really is. It really is that simple. And uh, yeah, it's great. What else I've been playing? I've been playing Fortnite, but I, you don't want to hear about that, so yeah. I won't bother talking about it anymore. <laughs> uh, going really well, thanks. Thanks for asking. 
I miss I miss gaming. I haven't played a game for like I don't know pretty much all this month. I absolutely miss it. I'm so glad you're on our gaming podcast today. Well, me too. You would have thought. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Video games are cool. They are pretty good. They're pretty yeah. good. They have their moments of, uh, of of goodness, and this month coming up is going to be a banger. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I do have a what we've been playing from Mr. Sean Davies. Uh, he wanted to talk about House Flipper, which is available now. You can tell this is a video. I'm not going to do his accent because I just can't. I'll oh, please try. No, I can't. I'll bother. Uh, it. It'll, it'll be, ter- it'll be terribly it. offensive. Do it. You can tell this is a video game because it's about people in their 30s owning their own homes. The game is about buying, improving, cleaning, and then flogging homes. The game has 50 houses to buy, and each is unique. One is cheap because there has because there was a fire. Another looks like something out of the hood and has a stash of cash hidden in the floors, same in a closet. Another is the house from Home Alone. No, I'm not kidding. The gameplay is boring, but in a therapeutic kind of way, like PC building simulator. It's also weirdly rewarding to take a burnt-down shack you bought for pennies and turn it into a lovely little house that you sell on for 50000 more than you bought it for. If you like home improvement shows but can't be asked to actually do any, give this a try. It's £20 and I probably have my money's worth already. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. A solid review of House Flipper from Sean Davies there. Right, I would move us into the quiz, but there is no quiz this week because Sean's not here. No. Yeah, I know. Aww. Well, I've already Greg lived anyway, so it doesn't matter. Greg wanted to keep up his winning streak. That's yeah, it. I did. Yeah. What happened last week? Uh, I absolutely trounced you. Actually, no, it was, it was only one point no, in didn't. it. It was one point. It was one point in it, which was the game we... What game was it you didn't get? I can't remember now. Um, it was a Final Fantasy 13 question. Oh, yeah. Which... I'm shocked. But I'm glad it didn't go to a tiebreak, so... Yeah, I don't know what the tiebreak question was. He didn't share that with us. Uh, probably yeah. for the best. But well done, Greg. Thank you. I'm sure it'll be back next weekend. Yay! <laughs> Paul, Paul can just whine about Keeper Sutherland again. Uh, I'm actually going to do it as well. It's uh, I still think it's legit. Where's the proof? Well, you know, yeah, where's well, the proof? If you have to start the answer with, well, <laughs> then no. Well, this is an interesting one. Let's put it that way. No, it's... Are you are you writing for Trump's cabinet? Because you're just deflecting that you have no evidence. That... Well, actually, hold on a minute. That's a little bit offensive. <laughs> I'm just saying it's interesting because you know there there is a few snippets online granted without any proof. People but... saying that he was going to be in it, or hoping he was going to be in it, or people were thinking that he was playing a character because he sounded similar to someone. But there's no definite proof that he was in. No, it's not. Quite a granted, but, but there we go. Then that's not. I'm the... just saying it's interesting. There are some of these snippets out there. And I'm pretty sure when a game came out, I'm pretty sure I remembered his name being mentioned because otherwise that's why I got quite excited by it. You're pretty sure you read the first article that you Googled from Eurogamer that doesn't back uh, up your... Uh... Yeah, my name's not Ross, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just back down. Oh, Ross, <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> oh, All right, that? let's move on. <laughs> uh, you changed the Wikipedia to say he was in the game. I didn't yeah. change it. Let's not, let's not pretend that that's not a thing that happened. Now, hold on a minute. See, I don't know who this geezer is, and that's on my mother's lap. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. I didn't know how to change Wikipedia. I didn't know you could change Wikipedia. So, you know. That's basically the entire basis of Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really go, in there and add, go in there and easily add information for free if you sign up and add information to any page. Okay, well, you can go and scour the internet. You'll find that I'm not signed up to that site. No, your alter ego is. I don't have no Shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Change question. I'm getting older. Oh, grumpy. Just in case 
just in case the listeners don't know what's going on, should we embellish what's happened this week? It's been quite interesting. Um, you tried cheating on a question that blew up in your face. Oh, actually, no. Let's just let's, let's rewind a little bit. So I put an answer to a question that you I googled. thought, right, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Okay, so that would be wrong. However, uh, somebody out there on the internet who has decided to defend me because I'm getting bullied every week from you guys put something on, on uh, Wikipedia about Keith Sutherland being in Tekken X Street Fighter. And it's been quite funny because Sean straight away, because obviously everyone wants me to be wrong, straight away scoured the internet for every single bit of evidence to prove that I was incorrect and my so-called saviour was also incorrect. So um, I think there's actually some kind of thing going on here where everyone wants me to just be wrong no matter what. I'm getting paranoid. Or it could be that you just got the question wrong because you Googled an article from Eurogamer that said, Akita Southern's in it with no basis. No, 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 no. We're not talking about the actual answer to the question now. We're now talking about the, uh, the accusations that I've got auto ego, which I don't have. And that's, that's the interesting thing. There's somebody no, to out be there. Fair, actually... I do spread it quite evenly. I do call Ross a cheater as well. Now, Ross is a blatant cheater. That's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. You are a hypocrite. Oh, everyone's got a thing against me. Yeah, Ross cheats. Yeah, Ross cheats as well. Rah, 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 rah. Sounds like, it sounds like a, a deflection to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm talking about like the, uh, the the Twitter geezer. This is what I'm trying well, to talk about. The defending the pool wouldn't Twitter. know about it, would they? You see. What the defending pool Twitter that you made up? Oh, you're so boring. Change the record. <laughs> anyway, okay. I thought it'd be quite interesting because we have this little argument and no one has any idea why. So I thought I'd try and explain it. Thanks, man. Sure. Have you seen Fuser, the new game from Harmonix? Uh, I have. Looks really well, cool. It was in it. Yes, he is. Excellent. I'm going to buy it. Add it to his Wikipedia. <laughs> if only I knew how. I've got the evidence. I'm staring right at it now. If you want to go and look at this Justice for Paul freaking thing, <laughs> go to at Defending Paul on Twitter. And that's a real thing that none of us have made up except I'm... for Paul. Sorry, I'm just on. Um, hey, I'm, I am the first person not to have made this up. I'm just on. I'm just on Keith Sutherland's filmography Wikipedia page, <laughs> and whoever, whoever, quote unquote, has changed or added this, and has even got the fucking title of the game wrong because it's Street oh, Fighter no, don't, X. Don't get me wrong; it's actually funny. It's hilarious. No, no, just just hear, just hear me out a sec. Whoever's whoever's tried putting it on there to try and like Jimmy it in there as proof because the game is Street Fighter X Tekken, and there was there was originally planned a Tekken X Street Fighter that never came to fruition because the first one didn't sell very well. But whoever's written the 2010 entry has put Tekken versus Street Fighter. Street Fighter is, Street Fighter is one word. <laughs> and there's no capitalization in voice of... Because you don't when it says role, you don't put voice of such and such because it's like 24 The Game, Jack Bauer. Because it's, it's a video game, we know he's doing a role. But someone's put voice, with a, a lowercase v, of Hihachi Mishima. Notes uncredited, so you could just put any old bollocks in it. It's just the fact that they've they've not they've just put the title in wrong, which doesn't back up any validity of anything. Because it's quite funny, right? It's a funny oh, it's, thing. It's Let's funny, laugh, yeah, yeah. Man. Jesus. No, I am laughing at it. No, you're not. You're getting really wound up about it. No, no I was laughing. There was laughing. Why are you getting wound up about it? I'm not you... certain. You're... How I sound jovial right now? No, you don't. You sound like you do it every other week. At least I'm here every week. Mm. Oh! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ladies, let's chill for a little minute. It's only a video game podcast, for God's sake. It's true. I thought it'd be quite yeah. interesting to let the viewers understand what was going on, you see. Because it was quite funny. 
the source of Justice for Paul on this uh, filmography page, the source is Finger Guns, Paul Cullet with one T. So it's clearly not me, is it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I have two T's. Two L's, two T's. I think you should probably uh, cease and desist this account. I don't have it, dude. Honestly, on the lives of my entire family, <laughs> I do not have it. All right, okay. Should we talk about GDC instead? What's that in? Oh, God. <laughs> Carry on. The big news this week in the video game world is that GDC 2020 has been postponed to the summer. You may have noticed over a few, uh, the last month or so, the big companies have started to drop out over fears of the spreading of the coronavirus. Sony and Facebook pulled out at first, and then Microsoft did, and Epic, and all these people, one by one, decided to drop out of the conference. And it would seem that GDC themselves have now moved the actual date of GDC until this summer rather than this month of March. Organizers have said that they will refund those who have already paid for conference and expo badges. Additionally, those who had booked hotels through GDC won't be made to pay penalties. Now, the Game Developer Choice Awards and the Independent Game Festival Awards that had been scheduled to take place during GDC will instead be streamed on Twitch. So that's a thing that's happening, and it does bring into question I mean, it's not a question of whether the company's right to do it, but what do you think the kind of effect will be, and where do we see kind of uh, any announcements that may have been at GDC? Where do you think they're going to go? Uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this this whole debacle? I think in future it's going to make people nervous about booking ahead. I don't mean the pub and the public for buying tickets as well, but I imagine companies are going to be a bit more reluctant, and you're going to see a lot of like late confirmations as to who's going to be there, which is probably going to have a knock-on effect of people wanting to buy tickets to go if they don't know who's going to be there. To, to put shows on. I think that might have an impact on that. And the knock-on effect of... I mean, like, because Sony pulled out of PAX as well, haven't they? Yes. So there's understandably going to be a lot of financial backlash. I know, like you said, they're going to refund people and or not penalise them and charge them for cancellation and stuff like that. But it's definitely going to be... I don't know what, what effect it's going to have on the public trust for these kind of conventions or if it's just going to have a damning impact on these conventions at all. What about you? What do you think? Do you think it's kind of based on the location of GDC. Uh, where is it actually located? GDC, I believe, is in San Francisco. Um, uh, I don't know if that's if that's been a... Uh, host city San Francisco has been declared a local health emergency. Oh, okay. I mean, well, it depends on where they host it next and what the effect of the virus is and the cases are in America, really. Where is San Francisco? East or west? Uh, it's east. It's in California. That's the west. Yes, it is. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, that's the closest geographically to sort of the Asian continent, isn't it? Or continents, not continents, countries where it's all sort of coming in from. So, yeah, they could move it more inland. But then a lot of things like Silicon Valley's down in California and all that as well, isn't it? So it's obviously going to be further away. I mean, America is big, so it's going to be further away for a lot of people to attend. I know like inland flights in America aren't crazy expensive, but then it's the ball ache of relocation and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's got a, but I think the biggest hit ones are the indies, aren't they? The ones that have a... Yeah, the ones that don't have the big bucks to, to yeah. go over and do that kind of thing, yeah. The ones that have small booths on the floor. Yeah. That uh, are going over, really, not to maybe showcase their game, but to meet publishers and try and get some yeah. kind of like yeah. names, behind, names behind their games. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be more risk-reward for them kind of thing, isn't it? It's going to be a hell of a gamble to relocate somewhere. Oh, I mean, obviously, we're banking on coronavirus not lasting for long, but obviously there's no evidence of that. So it's where, like you say, it's where, whether indie publishers or sorry, developers can recoup their losses, and if they do move it somewhere else, is is afford to go out and try and stake their claim, as it were. Yeah. Do you think this is going to have a, uh, a kind of knock-on effect to E3 and Gamescom, maybe even EGX, depending on the 
situation at the time. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, if, if a lot of these indie um, developers do suffer a hit with GDC and PAX and whatnot, then are they going to be able to afford to come over here? If, if, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been no claims that EGX Res, which is the end of this month, uh, is going to be cancelled in any way. I guess London isn't a emergency at this present moment. No, I mean, there's there's only been like 35 cases of fatalities over here in the UK, not in London, I mean, just generally. So yeah. it's not as widespread as it is anywhere else. But No, I mean, EGX is primarily British and European developers anyway. Whether so, not... Yeah, it may not affect them then, yeah. Yeah, uh, Paul, oh. as a... Um, sorry, Greg, on. I was going to say, no, sorry, just, sorry, 23 confirmed cases, that's not deaths. No. Uh, Paul, as a consumer and a punter, this kind of thing is kind of unprecedented in the industry, and yet a lot of giant companies are being sensible and putting themselves out of these things. Does it kind of affect what you would want from a giant event? So if you were to go, for example, to Gamescom and not have Sony and Microsoft there, but have it more like an EGX Red, so it's more indie-based, and the smaller companies that have no choice but to be there are there. Would that damper what you would want from something like this? Or do you think that they're right, kind of pull their people out of it for the time being until the coronavirus has kind of settled down a little bit? Yeah, I think it would. I mean, I'm not I'm not as, as into indie games as you guys probably are. So if I was going to like EGX Red or Gamescom or somewhere where the big, the big guys are going to be and they have to pull out, I'd obviously understand. But then also then I would probably wouldn't also want to go because what I bought the ticket to go and see won't be there. So therefore, I guess, um, you know, the, the show is not, it sounds kind of like cruel in the circumstances, but the, the show is then not fit for purpose, if you like, for the people who want to go and see those things. So, it, you know, it could have a, a massive ongoing sort of uh, domino effect onto shows because um, I don't think uh, the coronavirus is going to go away anytime soon. If EGX Res, as you just said, is it for, you know, British and European people? Yes, we've got small cases in this country, but then it, it could be, by all possibility, there could be that people like the European gamers and developers probably won't be allowed to travel uh, because of it so there is that i mean yeah we may be quite safe over here i've got a few you know a few cases and whatnot but obviously it's the uh massive in france they closed the louvre a day i think it was because you know big public spaces are now being sort of cancelled because of the spread so even though you know we could be classed as fairly safe over here if people are not if uh, developers uh programmers are not allowed to travel over here to show their wares then show like inject regs could be catastrophic in a way so they probably have no choice but to re re change the date and they and obviously the, the knock-on effects of that like gdc uh kind of, kind of huge so as a, as a as a consumer i would probably i don't know i'd probably want to get my money back or maybe have some kind of something else going on at a later date where i could use my same ticket i've already purchased but go to a later date and and they want to be there kind of thing it's a really kind of unprecedented like you said and as there's these award things and so on going on twitch rather than being at the show that you kind of wonder if that could also set precedence for future events in why are people going to bother traveling like these smaller companies and forking out the money to travel and so on when they can do all these things via twitch it could start precedent in that way i don't know but um it's it's unprecedented and i'm not quite sure what the solution is but as long as people don't get left out of pocket then i think whatever they decide to do it probably be probably be for best really yeah that's what i was going to ask about the fact that they are moving a lot of things to twitch 
mm. these award ceremonies and stuff. I mean, we see Sony put out a PAX. They're not also not going to E3. Sony, once again, being very cagey and quiet about what they're, what they're actually doing at the moment. Does it mean that it is probably high time to just move these events to online platforms you know we've got to look at the more important aspect of the developers and publishers getting their information and their content out there against actually putting the game in the hands of players well imagine i mean i'm talking about the big guys here but imagine the amount of money they spend on their booze and their like their kind of stage shows and things like that it's absolutely phenomenal obviously indie, indie developers can't afford that but they still have to get in a hotel get like travel and all these kind of things that kind of add up the cost so if they could have a chance to show off their wares on a big kind of E3 Twitch stream where everyone gets kind of equal billing, so to speak, then I'm pretty sure they're more likely to do that. Yes, for us consumers, it's nice to get the tangible hands-on with the games and all this kind of thing. But for the developers, if they can save like, you know, a few hundred, maybe a thousand pounds, whatever, they'd probably like, jump on it, wouldn't they? Uh, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, a lot of developers do still put a lot of confidence in events and exhibitions. That's why there are so many all year round. Mm. Uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this? Do you think uh, moving things online is probably going to be the way to go? Maybe provide, I don't know, maybe provide demos for people to download if they pay a certain amount or whatever? I can see it going that way, but I kind of don't want it to. I still like, I haven't been to many trade shows and exhibitions and stuff like that as, as you guys have, but I'm still a big fan of it. And it's nice to have that interaction with people and get to ask Q&As. If it goes on Twitch and you've got to compete with however many other hundreds of people asking questions at the same time and your comments are going to get ignored, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, save costs i can see why that might be a bit more beneficial like what was the capcom thing i'm uh, not sorry capcom thing uh the playstation like state of play yeah and, uh, and nintendo direct and that i mean yeah that, that does save on cost and it can reach a bigger audience of people that for whatever reason don't want to go or don't like going outside or don't want to brave the travel or the weather so i can see why that will be a broader appeal to some people but i think it'd be a shame to kill off actual live shows for people that like doing that and you know meeting their peers and idols and all that kind of stuff and recruitment and you know the the careers fairs that they have so i think it'd be a shame to lose that but i mean you got to go with the times haven't you twitch is becoming a big enough platform now to host these kind of things so yeah they are cool events are really cool and it's always fun to just walk around and be like oh hey that's uh that's so-and-so from that game. I can go and talk to them and say hi. Say thanks for making that game. It was fun. Yeah. You know, you don't really get that option on Twitch because you're too drowned out in the fucking chat rooms. Exactly. And it's like meeting people from, you know, like Eurogamer and the outside Xbox lot and all that kind of stuff. Like, And it's nice to meet developers or uh, people that are there. Not not celebs, you know what I mean? Like people in the industry that you can go, oh, hey, it's that guy. And yeah, yeah that is fun. And to lose that element would suck. But I don't know. It's an odd one. Yeah, you won't be able to go out for a cigarette and then casually stumble into Shohei Yoshida, like Sean and I did <laughs> back in EGS a few years ago. Oh, that was crazy. Nice. Those are cool little moments. Right, let's talk about the Xbox Series X, because Xbox have been uh, incredibly cocky this week and been like, hey, check out how fancy our console is, whilst Sony are sitting there very, very quietly doing absolutely nothing, I guess. Microsoft are being very open about the Xbox Series X, not talking about prices or release date, but rather than what's inside the thing and they did something very cool this week by announcing that if you buy a game on xbox one the xbox series x version will come to you at no extra charge which is pretty cool and hopefully will set a precedent across the consoles moving forward sony have not announced anything similar to that yet but it's pretty cool and they're sort of moving away from the notion of the static platform and then just kind of like platform of xbox rather than an xbox one and an xbox series x there's just xbox and also the 12 teraflop thing is all very exciting and will make games look very, very shiny. Paul Collett, if you had an Xbox One, 
and you bought Cyberpunk 2077 only for the Series X to come out two months later, would you get yourself a Series X to play a shinier version of Cyberpunk 2077? I probably wouldn't buy another Xbox product as long as I lived. This is in a, this is in a hypothetical world. In a hypothetical world, probably not. If because I if I if it's going to release two months later, then I probably would have waited for two months to buy it if I was going to. Um, but the fact they're offering it is great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't even know what a teraflop is. So I'd, whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't go the other way. The uh, the Xbox Series X games can't play on Xbox One, which I guess makes sense. They don't get degraded down. But uh, great conversation. Um, sorry, we had this conversation a few weeks back, didn't we? Where something along the lines of not getting the full money's worth because they have to worry about backwards compatibility. Do we have that conversation? I think we did about a week ago, maybe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so, um, you know, you buy Cyberpunk 377 for your Xbox One, but that's great. You get probably get the best you can get. But if you buy it for your Series X or the 6, then you're not going to get a, probably as as good a version if it was made solely for your Six thing, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, you get that version. You don't get like an updated version. You get that version. Oh, so so making two versions of each game now? No, no. If you, well, if you bought uh, like the, the regular Xbox version of it, then... Yeah, you'll get the Xbox Series X version as a as a freebie if you well, then as long, as long as it's like absolutely two separate games and there's been one's been made to enhance all the powers of the Xbox Series X, the sex fucking name, the sex. Well, yeah, because it's a new console, isn't it? It's like the PS3 and the PS4. Yeah, uh, no, I know that. But then uh, uh, the first game I had uh, was well, two games. I had Watch Dogs, which was both PS3 and PS4, but it's two separate games. And then obviously you had, but they were the same game, but kind of not resed up, but just, you know, fancy pants on it. Same with uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It was like, it's a PS3 version. Here's a slightly enhanced PS4 version, which I don't think is right. But if it's like, this is a full whack, full fat, full cream PS5 version of Watch Dogs 3, then great. If it's like, a here's a slightly better version of the PS4 version, I don't think it's, it's a bit naughty, do you know what I mean? We're not naughty, no. it's just you're not getting the full experience. You're not getting, you know, not until a, a year or so down the line when everyone's now making everything for PS5 and not PS... You know what I mean? I just think it's a bit weird. No, it's it's like the the net, like the the, the the full version of it. If you if you bought the Xbox One version of it and then down the line you bought an Xbox One X or Series X, whatever it is, you would then get essentially upgrade to the Xbox One X version. As long as it gets, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's a great offer, but as long as it is a, a sex version, that's yeah, yeah, it will be. It's not, it's not like a backwards compatible, slightly revamped one. It's, it's for advantage kind of thing, not just a slightly resed up version. Do you know what I mean? In short, if you buy the Xbox One version of Cyberpunk 2077 when it arrives on the 70th September, you'll get the Xbox Series X edition when it launches too. That's great. Game. Gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrade, CG Project Red have said. Owners of Cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox One will receive the upgrade for free when available. So what, what class is an upgrade, though? Like, Is it like DLC? Is that an upgrade? Is, uh, you know, is, uh, is Anthem 2.0 an upgrade or brand new game? Fucking what I imagine it will be is you'll be able to stick the Xbox One version of Cyberpunk into your Xbox One. Uh, into your Series X. And then a massive big old Series X patch will download onto it. And then you'll play a shinier version of the same game. So you'll be allowed to play. You'll have that one copy of it on for the One X. You can stick that into the Series X. And the Series X will then shoot down all the components and stuff needed for it to run better on the Series X. 
But is that still? Don't you? Is that? Wouldn't that still be slightly compromised? How so? Well, I mean, you've got the Xbox One. Uh, fucking Xbox naming conventions are terrible. So you've got one X, and that's that's the game. And then obviously you've got the Series X, and you get obviously the the goodness of the Xbox One plus extra. So I'm trying to get it. as long as it's not just like shinier graphics. And you know, like if the draw distance, draw distances, for example, are the same, because they can't you know download more stuff because it's just a patch, for example, then you're not getting you know, I want. I'd, I'd rather have a, a version of it that's been written, created, graphics made for it. Everything is done for that one specific version, not like a an updated version of the PS. Uh, fucking hell, the Xbox One version. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, you want a built from the ground up version of it on the new console. Yeah, exactly that. Thank you for having words that describe my <laughs> pain. <laughs> I mean, that's it is interesting, but do you think that? They will then have. They would have had to charge for that. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if they offering that that thing, like, so you got the, X, the Xbox One version, and you can get a slightly upgraded version if you buy a, a sex, then then great. I mean, that's that. You, you can't say fairer than that, really. But in terms of a gamer who wants the game, especially when I'm very excited about, it, I'd rather have like you say built from the ground up version. That's all I'm saying. Similar to the PS3, PS4 jump, because I mean, if you if you go back to that launch, the PS4 launch was full of PS3 games, yeah, like Ghosts and Black Flag Thief. and Thief. Oh my God, Thief! <laughs> yeah, I bought and, that. But you know, the PS4 version of Black Flag was miles ahead of the PS3 version. So was Thief. I went to like a lock-in thing at Game and played Thief on the PS4, and I bought the PS3 version, and oh God, awful! And then I bought the PS4, and then I bought the Thief on the PS4, and went, oh, this is better. And I actually started playing it and realised. It wasn't very good. <laughs> we got sent the four to review, and I swear I was playing a PS3 game. <laughs> there was those elements of Black Flag. The first time you break out into the ocean, and oh. you see the whales and the dolphins jumping out, and it's like, whoa, wow, this is this is next generation. You know, there's going to be that jump again for Series X. It may not be as significant because you know we say every generation change, but we go, how can they improve graphics nowadays? How can they do it? You know, it just gets better. It seems. I mean, I mean, Joe, you know, Joe. I mean, that, you know, you can't, you can't really say fair than that, really. So if you get the Xbox One X and the, and then you upgrade the the six a month or two later, then and you get that game, but you know, like a a Black Flag esque upgrade, that's not too bad. Um, and that's probably going to happen for a while until the Xbox Series X is the main console, and then obviously you've got, you know, every generation graphics and gameplay and everything else improves year by year. Um, you know, so. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I just, you know, for games that I really, really want, I want, like, the ultimate version. Do you know what I mean? Like, when Watch Dogs first released, I had the PS3 version. Yeah, it looks all right. But, yeah, you put it in a PS4. And it, oh, wow. And I really, really wanted Watch Dogs. But I, there's still a feeling that I wasn't getting a full whack. You know what I mean? So, uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this? I think it's I think it's quite a good idea. I mean, I can see Paul's point of view. Like, if you're just getting an upgrade, it does it equate to the full version. But then... What's to say that the version they're making isn't just for the base consoles we got at the moment, and all the next-gen consoles are just going to be enhancements? Like, we're now in an industry where we can download stuff and patches and massive updates that maybe they are just making it for today's console, the current console, and this whole freebie thing is just an upgrade. You know, maybe maybe the one you buy for the Xbox Series X is the Xbox One base game with a massive patch to make it enhanced and you know like ps4 pro download essentially like but that aside i think it's a great concept i think it's it's i mean cd Pro. Bleh, try that again cd project red have got 
a sterling reputation in my eyes anyway with what they did with the witcher and mm-hmm. now this as well it's like good guys cd project red the fact that they're saying yeah sure people could buy it on current consoles and then buy it on the x for christmas when it comes out or the ps5 when it comes out um yeah we could take twice their money but i mean I suppose they're also looking at it from a business point of view that people might hold off buying it on launch to get it when the next generation comes out. So they're obviously just going, well, no, buy it on launch and we'll just give you an upgrade. I mean, that's, that's cool. All right, they're not going to get people paying 100 quid. They're going to get paying 50 quid for one copy. And they're going, yeah, cool. Don't don't break the bank to buy it again. Just have an upgrade. Play it on your new console on us. That, I think that's really cool. I think that's a cool concept and a lot more developers should get on board with that. Now, I'm not saying every developer should give away a free copy of their next gen title if you buy this gen because, yeah, there isn't going to be much profit in that, is there? But it might also give people the push to want to buy the next generation of consoles because they don't have to fork out 50 quid again on another game. Or that was the problem with a lot of people like early adapting to like the 360 and the PS3 because there was no backwards compatibility or there is very little. And people are going, well, I don't want to put my, I don't want to put 300 quid on a console and have one game on launch when I've got 50 games I can play now. And like you, like you guys have just said, a lot of the PS4 launch games were PS3 titles. And Ross, you'll remember this when the 360 came out when we worked in GameStation. A lot of those titles, apart from things like Condemned and Amp 3, how many of those were already out on PS2 and Xbox? Yeah, a lot of them. Exactly. So I think it's a good idea to get people to, well, to, to adapt to the new consoles. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I agree. I just, just got to hope that Sony take it on board as well. I mean, yes. will it become a president, do you think? Do you, you think Sony are... I mean, they can't afford not to. I mean, why not take that chance? I mean, they're like I console mean, leaders now, aren't they? So They are, but, you know, in in terms of customer-facing, Microsoft have been crushing them for almost years now. Really? Yeah, I, I, I suppose... Mean, look at the consumer decisions that Xbox have been making over the years, you know. Well, um, yeah. Sony, are, Sony have a business plan, and for better or worse, it's worked for them. And whether or not they're going to go... Oh, you can have The Last of Us 2 on PS4, but we're going to need you to buy it again on PS5. Yeah, true. You know, that's... Consumers are going to go, well, wait a minute. If I go on Xbox, I can get Cyberpunk for free if I upgrade. And Sony are just like, ah, too bad, you know? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, sadly. Mm. They'll go, well, you got to get it anyway, aren't you? You know, that seems to be Sony's fucking way of doing things at the moment. True. Kind of just barreling in and going, you'll buy it. We know you will. I think it's too much to ask that every company is going to follow the same thing as Xbox and CD Projekt Red, but it's not a bad idea. No, no, I hope they do. You know, I think EA Sports and stuff are going to be the big test for that. Yeah. Because obviously there's going to be cross-gen sports titles this this Christmas. You know, whether or not you can buy FIFA 21 on PS4 and have it work on PS5 or Xbox, you know, who knows. Mm. Uh, we'll see. We shall see. Right, it's March. So what we're going to do is talk about what's coming out this month. And it's not looking too bad. So I'm going to go through some names. And guys, if you're excited, give me a yeehaw or whatever. Don't do that. Actually, no, don't, I'm not doing that. please don't do I that. I can't get my voice that high, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll go for out this week uh, in a little bit. It's not a massive week, but the first kind of big release is Ori and the Wood of the Wisps on March the 11th. Now, Gregory, as a man who has an Xbox One, is the only one on the team now with an Xbox One, although Sean has one, but he's not here. And of course, it's going to shoot straight onto Game Pass. So are you going to give it a go? Yeah, I've already got it pre-downloaded. I didn't realize it was a March title. Um, they had it on there like a month and a half ago. So I downloaded it going, oh, sweet, it's out, like Christmas or just New Year release. And I went to play it and it's like, oh, I think you're a bit early. <laughs> like that, it actually says that on the screen or something along those lines. I'm like, why give it to me now then? Why why not say pre-download, like, pre-install? It just mm. it was just there on Game Pass. I'm like, oh, you fuckers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have it there. I haven't finished the first one, but I know what happens. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. Cool. I mean, 
This is the one thing I've always wondered about Xbox. I had one for a while, and I never pre-downloaded anything. But they do it way in advance on certain games. They do, yeah. How do they know, how, like, way before games go gold? I mean, what are they downloading? Oh, no, I, I, I don't think it does it to sort of every game. I think it is just pre-purchase kind of thing. But like I said, Ori was there in, in Game Pass. And normally Game Pass games that we know are coming out, like new releases, like Forza and stuff like that, they're not normally on there until like a couple of days beforehand. But Ori being on there like six to eight weeks ahead was just really weird maybe even longer i can't really recall but yeah i, I don't know why maybe it's a definitive because it's a microsoft title yeah maybe Interesting. but it was an odd one march 13th is neo 2 or nio 2 is it neo no it's neo isn't it neo yeah neo yeah neo 2 for ps4 i couldn't get on with the first one i thought it was too difficult and that sounds weird for being a soulsborne fan but i think it was uh, again we talked about this the other week for like soulsborne games offer a challenge and then some imitators that just equate challenge with being really difficult which sounds like the same thing but it's not the first one was just too finicky and it was just yeah it was a bit of a ball ache to play so i never actually got that far on it um i did play the demo at egx and quite enjoyed it but i don't know if i'll be getting that you know on launch or anything okay let's see march 17th overpass is coming to ps4 and xbox one which is a according to this is a very very difficult off-road racing game uh, from <laughs> That's a I think it looks quite good. I mean, if you yeah. guys ever played Mud Runners or, sp- have, or Sprint yeah. or Spin Tires or anything like that, I played Mud Runners. I wasn't great at it. I'll be honest. I bought it on sale PS4 and actually quite enjoyed it. Have you played it, Paul? Well, I haven't. Uh... It's it's good fun. You might like it. It's set in like I think it's like somewhere like R- Russian or Ukrainian like logging mills, and you basically have to like transport equipment through muddy woodlands and forests and it sounds really boring but it's quite fun you actually get to like manually change gears and the differential and stuff and slip and slide and it's got like some of the like the best mud physics in games which sounds really stupid but it's quite good fun so i quite like the look of overpass hmm. well I, yeah i've done a right with some rally games in the past you know i don't mind a, i don't mind a, a racing challenge yeah, yeah. Mm. march 13th sorry i'm skipping uh, around a bit uh my hero one's justice 2 is that is that a greg hicks kind of game nope Okay, my hero is that that my hero, Academia or whatever it is, the anime thing. I believe my, so. My one like, hero, my one hero one's Justice Two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I do not care. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not a pool game. So let's move on. Absolutely not. <laughs> March twentieth. I mean, that's that's the big day for the for the month. We have the release of Animal Crossing: New Horizons on Switch, which I'm very very excited about. I can't wait to play it. It's 19 days away. My God. And of course, Doom Eternal coming out on March twentieth. Who's picking up Doom Eternal? Anyone? 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 Not straight away, no. Okay. Nah, not really. Right. <laughs> Doom sixteen was good though. Yes, it was. Yeah, I think Sean is very excited for Eternal. So yeah, he he queued the best part of nearly three hours to play at EGX, and I bailed. So that says a lot. Jeez. Yeah. And then I found out we could have got in because we were press, but proud of you for not for not budging past people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you pre-order Doom Eternal. You also get Doom 64 for free on uh, Switch and PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. yeah, that was a little thank you for the uh, delay that they did. Because no one bought back. Doom 64 the first time around. Yes. Like the Dreamcast classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, March 23rd, Half-Life is back with Half-Life Alex. Now, unfortunately, no one on the team actually owns a PC good enough to run uh, Steam VR, which is very disappointing. But uh, that is coming out, and so people are super excited about that. Talking about the first triple a vr game there with some brand new half-life goodness so mm. man if i had the power i would be all over it that's he's also be he-man as well by the one hey. he'd also be he-man i got it because hey. you said you said if i had the power oh yeah 
Yeah, come on, Ross, man. Jesus. Oh, Paul, you're so money supermarket. Oh, I know. God. <laughs> March 24th, Bleeding Edge from Ninja Theory is coming out on Xbox One and PC, which is their, their free-to-play, I believe, arena fighter. Arena shooter, I should say. Uh, which is coming out, yeah, exclusively for Xbox consoles and PC. Yeah. Uh, so that's one for Greg and Sean to try out. It's quite fun. Yeah. Looks like a more violent Overwatch. It's on Game Pass, I think. I just haven't downloaded it yet. Bloody hell, man. Game Pass rules, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Uh, March 24th, also sees Moons of Madness come out, which is a game that I think I played at Rezzed or maybe EGX a couple of years ago. Man, it's great. It's really tense and unsettling and scary. So I'm not going to buy it, but it was fun <laughs> to play. <laughs> if, anyone, uh, if anyone is in the market for that sort of thing, you haven't got long to wait. Moons of Madness is, uh, is damn cool. And uh, of course, Persona 5 Royal, which is coming out March 31st on PS4. Wow. Oh, exciting. Persona fans are going absolutely insane for this. So. Yay! Good for them. Hooray for Persona 5. Saints Row 4 re-elected. It's coming to Switch for some reason on March 27th. Wow. The hell, man. I know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Saints Row needs to go away. I actually quite enjoyed Saints Row 2 and 3, but then it just got a bit too silly. See, I sort of liked Saints Row when it just went, fuck it, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. You know, Saints Row 1 and 2, well, I thought they were quite kind of like serious. They were also obviously having that that sort of GTA kind of vibe from San Andreas. But then Saints 3 came around and there was like, oh, okay, they're actually trying something different. The Saints 3 4 was bonkers. But it's been out for well, everything now for the past yeah. 10 years or so. I, I didn't like Saints 3 just because it gave you everything too soon. It took away the challenge and fun of earning everything. It just went, yep, there you go. Play, bo- play pen, go nuts. I was like, oh, all right. Sure yeah, that. sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Anybody remember Tiger Tasmanian Tiger? Yes. Yeah. There's a Switch version of that coming on March 31st. Wow, where's this thing getting ducked up from, man? <laughs> Why haven't they remade Warhawk, but they have Titus and Tasmanian Tiger? Exactly! You <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Damn. Uh, so yeah, March is looking pretty good for releases. Obviously, if you remember, everything was supposed to come out this month, including The Last of Us and Cyberpunk and <laughs> Final Fantasy Remake and, you know, everything. But it's all been moved now, and so we're mm. stuck with uh, Neo, Ori, Doom and Animal Crossing, which is fine by me. <laughs> The hype, the hype for Doom for some people is quite real. Oh yeah, I know. It's got a, it's got a very excitable fan base. Mm. Yeah, I know a couple of friend of mine is very excited for Doom Eternal. They pretty much plan their, uh, their honeymoon around the release date. So I think he's staying at home and she's going on holiday. That seems to be fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all looking pretty good this month. And of course, we have new games with gold and new PS Plus games on PS Plus. We have Sonic Forces, which is a really average Sonic game that came out far too close to Sonic Mania, which is the best Sonic game ever made. And of course. Shadow of the Colossus, which, you know, it's pretty good, isn't it, Greg? Um, yeah, it's all right. It's amazing. If you've got, it's it's a full remake. It's not the HD version. It's a remake of Shadow of the Colossus. And I mention it every other week on podcasts. I'm not going to this time, but it's free. Just give it a go. You'll love it. Fall in love with the soundtrack and the gameplay. Boom. And if you've got a full. Actually, in my absence of gaming, I actually forgot. I've got the Bioshock collection and Shadow of the Colossus to play. I'm quite excited now. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad bunch of games to play. It's not. All free as well. How about that, eh? Well, yeah. you know, lovely jubbly. That's mm. Paul would say. Do you say lovely jubbly? Absolutely never. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Xbox games with gold. We have uh, Batman, the Telltale game, The Enemy Within, which is a fantastic game. One of Telltale's best. Telltale's last game, really, uh, of the original Telltale that we know that we used to know of. And uh, yeah, it's amazing, including the amazing performance of the Joker from Anthony and Gruber, which we talked about last week. Mm. So do go and check that out if you want to. Plays in Batman goodness because it's absolutely awesome and one of the best things Telltale ever did. 
Shantae, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Shantae half, and the Pirate's Curse, yeah. Shantae Half Genie Hero is coming to Games with Gold from March 16th to April 15th. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 is available on March the 1st. Obviously, Xbox 360, Xbox One, backwards compatibility there. And Sonic Generations from March 16th to the 31st. Really, really cashing in on the uh, popularity of the movie, aren't they? Oh, they're trying. You know, God bless them. The, the film's crushing it. Have you seen? Bloody, yeah. Bloody, yeah, yeah, mad. 250 million so far. It's mad. I mean, it's good. Yeah, good for them. It's not a terrible movie, you know, so it's all gone rather well. If only for the animators that had to redesign Sonic halfway through the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, bless them. So yeah, again, another good month for uh, Games with Gold. Mm. It's been a bit ropey on Games with Gold recently, isn't it? They oh, it's been anyway. great. Yeah. So they've uh, stepped up a little tad. For yeah, it's nice. I mean, I I played Batman when it was free on Plus, so playing it second season on Gold is going to be quite good fun. Yeah, nice. Well, that's what's coming out for you. I might as well just Ooh. blend that into out this week. Uh, very, very quickly, Paul, Tom Holland, Back to the Future remake. Do you really want it, or do you just want more Tom Holland because you love him oh I don't know do you know what um, on my Facebook uh, page I'm put a link to a YouTube uh, deep fake video um, of Robert Dane Jr. as Doc Brown and Tom Holland as uh, Mike McFly and you know these deep facts deep fake, deep fakes are getting so kind of good and and you know what I could probably get on board with it because it looked great it's just a little like three minute clip should check it out, actually. But you know what? I mean, if they're going to make Back to the Future, um, it'd have to be a sequel. It can't be a remake. It'd have to be a sequel. And I think, you know, there's no one better to probably do it than Tom Holland. He's got that kind of schoolboyish kind of charm. And, you know, it's just, I think it'd work. And Christopher Lloyd's still still kicking around somewhere. And I'm sure he'd love to reprise a role. I'm not quite sure how they'd do it. I don't think it should be a relation. I think it should be, I don't know. It's a thing they should never, ever, ever remake it because they were just perfect. But if they make a sequel, then, you know, obviously Michael J. Fox couldn't do it, sadly. So Tom Holland would be a good good choice to fit in those shoes. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fiction work of art. So Yeah. I was watching an interview with him on Radio 1, um, Radio 1's YouTube channel, and it, they, were, they were talking about that deep fake. And Tom Holland said, you know, the Back to the Future is a perfect movie. And it should never be <laughs> remade. <laughs> but, um, you know, the conversation is always ongoing. Uh, but it I mean, would be it'd be remiss not to suggest maybe just move the story on rather than try and recreate the absolute magic that was the first one. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Ghostbusters had a had a sort of re- reimagining of it, and it was absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen. But now they've got another Ghostbusters, uh, and it's a proper sequel. Which kind of looks okay. They're moving it on, but it just looks like Stranger Things with some ghosts. So, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But if it works and it's great, then you know something along those lines might work. Just a bit of time, time machine tomfoolery. You know, everyone likes a bit of that, don't they? Oh, who doesn't? Exactly. Who doesn't have time machine tomfoolery? I think I know the answer to this. Greg, do you want to see a Back to the Future remake with Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr.? No. No. <laughs> don't don't mess with something. That doesn't need messing with. Ghostbusters didn't need it. Back to the Future doesn't need it. And they're making a fourth Matrix film. Fuck knows why. No, Back to the Future 1 for me has a special place in my heart because we used to have it on VHS and I watched it to death. I didn't realise there were sequels until I was a bit older. So we never had those. Just the first one. And to me, it's a great film. And it's, I'm still finding out things now, later, year, later in years down the line about it. Like I only found out a few years ago about the whole Twin Pine, Lone Pine Mall thing. Did you guys know that? No. Yeah, well, oh, the mall is, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? The mall, the mall is called Twin Pines Mall, and it's he says, "Oh, where this is where Peabody's farm used to be." 
And when he goes back in time and he's in the barn and he drives out as he as Peabody shoots him, he hits one of his trees. So when he goes back to the future, it's called Lone Pine Mall because he's run one of them over. Ah, oh. see, this is and the it, this is the time Tom Fury can get on board with the whole Avengers scene. Just actually, well, what the fuck? And uh, oh, I love, Terminator I love just it. fucked everything. So you know, Terminator did not fuck everything. Terminator oh, Two. Have you seen you seen a new one, right? Terminator 2 is one of the finest examples of time travel in a movie ever, and I will not hear otherwise. The other ones don't count. No, but, but if then, you, if but you then can get the, your head, if you can the get your head around, counts though, doesn't it? Because it's meant to be a direct sequel, and no. it's awful every possible way. Yeah, I know. I called that before it was even going to come out. Genesis oh, no, was shit, but that was called Genesis. Yeah, no, Dark Dark Fate was the latest one. Genesis was the shit one before that. Dark Fate, man. What they literally done is like this: erase all the story from previous things, but until the same story. New characters, bullshit. Was, Genesis tried to carry on from Terminator Two as like another direct timeline or an indirect timeline where something happened, and that fell on its ass. And then Dark Fate is meant to be like, oh no 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 no, time travel retcon. It carries on from Two again, like trying to mess with us. Well, no, it 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 does, doesn't it? Because it, oh no no, so it retcons that as well. But it's just it's just the fact that they had this bit with Sarah Connor and uh, the what's his name? I can't remember. Obviously CG'd, uh, and then they died. And then they just re- rewrote the story from Terminator 1. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I said. They retconned it to try and tell a new story. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. A, re- a retcon is, yeah, when they take something original and then they go, actually, let's uh, let's let's try backdating it or something like that. Like first Star Wars sequel, that was just basically Star Wars 1, wasn't it, essentially? What? Force Awakens? Yeah. That's not a retcon, though. That's just a tribute. That's just... But no, as far as time travel goes, Ter- Terminator 2 is the finest example of time travel in a film because it is the proper paradox thing. If there's no, there's no one without the other. There's no, there's no Skynet without John Connor and there's no John Connor without Skynet, you know, because if there was no John Connor, they wouldn't have sent back a Terminator and without a Terminator, they wouldn't have got the arm and the chip, which created Skynet in the first place, which created the time travel to send Kyle Reese back to create John Connor. See what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, a friend, a friend, uh, my mate Mark and I once had this conversation on a few beers, and it was just like, I'm going to go now because my brain's leaking out my ear. Um, <laughs> but the question is, how, how like, the thing, I don't know if you get into this in the podcast, but the thing that gets me is I had this arm. How did that arm ever get there in the first place? Because at that moment in time, there was no Skynet. Do you know what I mean? This is it. This is what I'm saying. Without... No, but they, had to, but they used that arm to create the technology. Yeah. Skynet. That's, so that's, the par- that's the paradox. Without oh, one, there would be no See, other. I think they broke it. I, didn't think it. I don't think it's brought your way through. No, no, go, go and have a think. No, it, it makes perfect sense in an inexplainable way. It's that time loop. Like, it's like... It is It is the self-fulfilling prophecy. And there's no... Like, like I said, there's no one without the other. But of course, to send Kyle Reese back, they had to have the technology in the future to do so. And they had to have Skynet to be able to do time travel, which of course sends a Terminator back, which leaves the arm and the chip there. So they had to have that to be able to have the time travel. And you're saying, how did the arm get in the first place? Well, obviously, no arm, no Skynet. But then without one, there is no other. And My point is that it had to start. I get the loop you're saying, but it had to start somewhere. And how could it yeah. have started at all if there was no there's no kind of Skynet? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, weird, man. Yeah, there's no answer to it, which makes it a perfect encapsulation of time travel in a film. You know what I like about Dark Fate is, you know, they got rid of Skynet and brought up legion i haven't seen it yet so you're not but I, no, I, I don't care to so you can spoil it if you really want to and um, no, there's no spoilers oh maybe little spoilers so there's no skynet now so basically what i'm saying is they had this whole story of skynet and terminator john Connor, etc they just killed everyone off and started again with uh legion which is essentially skynet but they call it legion and then legion which is a brand new ai 
uh, decided to invent robots that look exactly the same as Skynet's robots. Oh, it's just pathetic. Anyway, carry on. Ross, end the show. And you were worried that we weren't going to fill out the, the uh, podcast this week. Yeah, we've been arguments most of it, let's be fair. <laughs> so that's a good conversation about Back to the Future, we just had. Tangents, mate. Where would we be there, am I? Retroactive continuity. That's what retcon stands for. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to remember what it stood for. I had to Google it. That doesn't mean The Force Awakens. No. No, that, that means going back to something and changing it to suit a storyline. Like Doctor Who. And Every single week. X Men Days of Future Past and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't get the Avengers time travel thing, so I'm just going to go uh, Your past becomes your future. What you do in the past cannot affect your future because the future becomes from the past. Say what? The Hulk explained it very well and called Hot Tub Time Machine is time travel bullshit. <laughs> Which I'm not sure about because I love Hot Tub Time Machine. You want a good example of time travel? Go and watch Predestination with Ethan Hawke. And I can't say anything more about it because it would literally spoil it, but it's such a good film. It's called Predestination. Pre- predestination, yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's a proper noodle final destination. <laughs> it's a proper noodle scratcher of a time travel, and I absolutely fucking love it. I, I do love good time travel. I like Looper as well. Oh, Looper. And- and to an extent, the butterfly effect. Oh, I love a butterfly effect. It's one of my favourite films. I watched Gemini Man uh, the other day. Oh, God. You good? Was it a no. shit it looks? No, God. No, it's awful. <laughs> oh, oh no, I didn't see that coming. I don't understand how bad it is. It's like they spend 45 minutes setting up the reveal. The reveal of the young Will Smith that you've already seen in the trailer and on the, the poster trailer, of the yeah. film. <laughs> it's like, we know he's coming. You've put it. We, we know it's why. Yeah. The first thing minutes is absolutely wasted. It, the, the visual effects, everything about it is very, very good visually. From a technical standpoint, it's amazing to watch, but it's just nonsense, man. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I think what also put me off of it is I don't know if it's Ang Lee or the company he works for, or you know, the, whatever. It just something about his, his filming technique makes it look like a bad TV movie. I remember watching the trailer going, it, "What? This looks terrible." This, it, like James Cameron uses grainy film and. Uh, Michael Bay uses low angles, so they've all got their certain styles and techniques. I remember watching the Hulk as well. It looks, it looks too clean for a movie. It looked like a TV show, like a, like a badly made for TV movie. Gemini Man was filmed in 4K and 120 fps. All right, but there's no cinema that can actually show that. <laughs> so <laughs> what what you get is what was left. You know. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, there were some elements that didn't look great, but yeah, the kind of de aging stuff that cinema is very hot for right now was uh was very good. Yeah, I think I'll pass on Gemini Man. Yeah, don't yeah, don't ever watch it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so many better things to do with your time. Right, well that's it. One hour fifteen. Look at that, Jesus. And everything to Kyle, that'll be about twenty minutes in the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, out this week. Curse of the Dead Gods. It's coming to early access on PC on March the third. Baron's Fury's gonna fur is gonna fly. Yep, that is the right yep, that is the title. Uh March the first on Xbox One and Switch. Ib and Ob is coming to Switch on March 5th. Murder by Numbers, which is a very cool indie game that Sean was talking about a little while back, is out on Switch and PC March 6th. And March 6th, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX is a thing. I don't know what the fuck that is, but that's coming out March 6th on the Switch. And 60 Seconds is coming to Xbox One on March 6th. So that's it. Not a great week for video games, to be honest, but next week will be even better with Ori, of course, and Neo 2. So keep an eye out for them. I don't forget your games with gold are going to be available from uh, today and PS Plus on Tuesday. So yes. look out for them. Thank you all very much indeed for listening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Don't forget you can follow us everywhere. All of our socials are in the description below. Our Finger Guns account on Twitter and our personal accounts as well. You can follow us on twitch.tv slash fingerguns.net if you want to follow our Twitch streams. 
You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK. If you really like what we do, and after this episode, why wouldn't you? You can, <laughs> you can join us on Patreon. Why not? For one dollar a month, you can keep this bullshit going somehow. <laughs> you can keep our podcast live on all podcast platforms that you're listening to this podcast on right now. That would be very, very lovely. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> do appreciate that. Uh, thank you all very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. It is. Goodbye. Bye from Mr. Paul Collett. Toodles. And goodbye from me. And fuck you, Kiva Sutherland. Good night, everyone. Until next time. <laughs> this has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.